What is up, wrestling fans? Ah, that's right. Do not adjust your screens. First of all, you're you're hearing listening to a disembodied voice because we're just doing a road show here with the uh, graphic up on the screen. But do not adjust this. It is not Monday. Yes, it is technically early Sunday morning because we are coming to you live from the ODPH Podcast Studio. For a very special 607 TWS presents the 2022 Summer Slam After Show. Of course, there's a lot to talk about and dive into. But before we go any further, if you're watching us on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast, that's the place to be. Or you might be listening to us in podcast form because we are putting it up on the 607 TWS podcast. Anywhere you get great podcasts, it might be time for me to introduce... My esteemed colleague, first of all, I should introduce myself. I am your host, and I'm also the host of the 3 Fat Nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. I keep fucking up the rebranding, but ladies and gentlemen, it is late, so you have to be bearing with me. I, my name is Rich, and of course, the man who joins me each and every week here on my journey in pro wrestling, the other host here on 607 uh, Podcast on Twitch. The other host of 607 TWS, but yet you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? My God, we got a lot to talk about right now. Absolutely. And last but certainly not least, we have a very special guest in studio to join us for this show. And of course, he is the one and only crazy motherfucking Curtis. How's it going, everybody? There you go. Man of very few words. Yes. Man of very few words. Of course, you were just listening to the brand new Second Suitor song, named sometimes, available on Bandcamp right fucking now. That's right. That's the kind of night we are having. Ladies and gentlemen, before we dive in, before we jump too far into the ship, we should probably tell all the fine folks how to find the podcast. So, first of all, how do people get a hold of yourself in the ODPH Podcast, Ken M? Very simple. You just swing right on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on all our social media accounts. They're right in front. If you're not sure about them, hey, we made it simple for everything. If it is anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can be found at ODPH Podcast on all social media platforms or just go to the website. Of course, if you are looking for all things uh, 3FN, uh, we got this... Uh, slide right now there's going to be our filler slide until we get all the new uh, stuff for the rebranding done but ladies and gentlemen visit 3fnpodcast.com all the links are appropriate on there so you can find all the social media links on there also while you're at it you can find the patreon link patreon.com slash 3fnpodcast uh, make sure uh, for a dollar a month just as little as a dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content there was two new exclusive the patreon shows that dropped this week so i've been very busy also on top of all of that there is the t public store which uh there's stuff for sale up there grab some swag well you can and help support the show as well also links to friends of the show like the odph like our good friends at sci-fi horror fest sci-fi horror for all ticket information of course last but certainly not least bands and friends of the show that support us with music including second suitor go find out how to find second suitor and their band camp because that is listed on the website as well in the music directory and last but certainly not least local sponsors who help us bring all of what we do to you commercial free dragon master games for all of your magic the gathering gaming needs visit them on the world wide web dragon and of course 
If uh, Rex Rods Auto Detailing for when you're ready to put the pride back into your ride, thank you for helping us do no commercials. I know it's kind of weird when we plug them and say no commercials, but there's no commercial spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that being said, though, we got the pleasantries out of the way because, man, oh, man, we have a lot to talk about. Now, mind you, this is not replacing 607 TWS. No. This is just going to be the full-on review right after it happened, right after we digested it, of SummerSlam 2022. So we're not going to dive into the weeds. We're not going to talk about other things because this week on episode 607 TWS, we will drop into the news. We will talk about what we think certain things mean. It was a big week in pro wrestling yet again. This is just going to help us save some time on that show. Plus, also give you something awesome to listen to right after SummerSlam. So without further ado, Ken M, I've got just the thing that you need. <laughs> It is time to get this review underway. And, of course, this uh, event came to us just literally ended mere moments ago mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday, July 30th, from the Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. But you know what, Ken? You're the only 10 I see currently. Uh, ah, say the that. sweetest things. I even gave you a little heart emoji. I know. Of I'm course, touched. the announced attendance for this event was 48,449. But if you ask Brian Alvarez... It's 10,000 too many, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he sat outside with his little (laughs) ticket counter at all the gates and made sure it's just kind of petty shit. So, uh, yeah, we're not doing petty here today, guy. (laughs) (laughs) Petty is all full, brother. Yep. Uh, With that being said, let's dive right into the card, shall we? Let's do it. And unlike usually on 607 TWS, we are going to deep dive every match now because we have extra time. That's why we'd like to do these ones. Mm Mm-hmm. First off, the opening contest of the evening was for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Your champion, Bianca Belair, defending the title against big-time Bex, Becky Lynch. This match got 15 minutes and 10 seconds, and at the end of the day, and still, your WWE Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Now, Let's not talk about anything that happened after the match. We will talk about that separately. Let's just talk about the match. Crazy Curtis, since you're the guest here, you can kick this one off. How did you feel about Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair? Well, the first part of the match was like, it was weird. But then they got into their groove and then became real good. I agree with that. Ken, would you like to uh, elaborate on that? No, I fully agree with you guys. I think that when they got out, I'm not saying they were overwhelmed to the moment. And I don't think that that's the right wording. But I think... Now, at a stadium show, they know that this is a new regime that's going on. This is the end of the Vince McMahon-esque storylines and era. It's in transition to the Triple H, Stephanie McMahon helm. So they are feeling a lot of pressure coming into this. And I think the timing was off in the beginning. Like, they just looked out of sync. But nothing they they could not overcome because once they got rolling, it was fantastic. And then the finishing sequence, holy crap, Bianca Belair... Second rope Spanish fly into a kiss of death. And it was a super kiss of death, too. Like, that was an exclamation point pin right there. I agreed. I I want to throw this out there. First of all, to elaborate on so we don't have to keep bringing it up, this is the official, official first pay-per-view of the real-life McMahon-Helmsley era, or as you might also know it as the McMahon-Levesque era, of World Wrestling Entertainment. And boy, did this show feel... It didn't feel 100% different than the previous era, but it felt enough different that we know that there is changes coming. It's the same way that Raw and SmackDown both had little changes to them. We are seeing little changes, and we saw even more changes here at the event. 
my take on the match is I'm agreeing with both of you. Uh, it started off, and I think I said to both of you while we were watching it live, that it seemed like both of them were like a step off. Like, not, like, horribly. Mm. It, the match was still good, but when the first, like, I don't know, eight minutes of the match, they were kind of a step off. And then all of a sudden, when they started picking it up, it was like, they were right on the money, right on the money, right on the money, right on the money, right? Yep. That finishing sequence, beautiful. I mean, right before that, we get a beautiful rock bottom from Becky Lynch. I don't care what she calls it. I still call it the rock bottom. But she did it so high-angled, and Bianca Belair folded herself up. It looked like it killed her. Mm -hmm. It was great. And then we get the KOD outside the ring, which Becky, I think, oh, man, here we go. We're not really in a new era. We're just going to end this on a count out. But no, 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 no. We don't end this on a count out. Becky Lynch beats the 10 count. And then we go into starting to the finals. And boom, like you said, off of a middle rope, we get a Spanish fly after reversing it. Mm -hmm. And then boom, we go right into the KOD and a big KOD, thunderous, just huge hit. Uh, It looked like uh, maybe Becky, you know, got a little stinger in the elbow. Yeah. How hard she hit. But one, two, three. We end the match. Now, let's talk about the aftermatch. First of all, uh, we got the moment we were waiting for. This obviously, this particular beef is over. Mm-hmm. This story is over because Becky Lynch reached out the hand and extended it to Bianca. Bianca didn't trust it at first. We had the crowd emotions. Shakes the hand. We come in for the hug. Emotional moment. It's the I respect you moment from Becky Lynch. There we go. Cool. Becky Lynch powders. She goes off. Bianca continues to celebrate. And then the music cuts. And on comes a music that we have not heard in quite some time. And it is the return of who can him? Bailey. And Bailey walks down the long ass rampway. You know, crowds going nuts. Mm -hmm. She stops. She points towards Bianca. She's yelling things. Now, mind you, it's still quite a difference. Probably a football. I want to say a football field, but half a football field. No, I was going to say about 50 yards away. It's it's, it's pretty different. Pretty long distance. And then all of a sudden... Another music comes on. A music we also haven't heard in a long time. So we were all looking at each other. What the hell's going on over here? And it was the return of Dakota Kai. Yes. Which got a great response. And she walks down and Bianca's like, what the hell is going on? And she walks down. She's standing next to her. And then Bailey's kind of making the motion with her hand that there's one more. And a definitely familiar music hits as Io Shirai makes her main roster debut and joins the three of them in the Iowaway as they walk to the ring, get in the ring, and they think they're going to have a three-on-one situation with your Raw Women's Champion. But no, 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 no. Becky Lynch comes back to the ring, and Becky and Bianca say, bring it on, we'll fight you two-on-three, and the heels powder how did you feel about kicking off the show with some gigantic returns starting with ken m it was the right move to do they wanted to send that image very very quickly that this is not the same old shit from vince this is the triple h era and the minute that you saw bailey come out okay we were all expecting bailey so that was exciting too and it was awesome to see her back she's one of the best in the business but when dakota kai comes walking out we obviously knew that she was long overdue to get that call from nxt to the main roster her heel work is on par with Bailey's, and when she originally came in, her character never nobody thought she could ever go heel, and then she pulls it off and was so damn good at it. And then when she was released, a lot of the wrestling community was very saddened by it because she does fantastic work. To see her now paired with Bailey, that was amazing. And then the the ultimate cherry on the Sunday, so to speak, you had Io Shirai, who generally I think broke a little character as she's supposed to be a heel. As she's coming to the ring, you saw her just smiling and just taking in the moment that she's finally now on the main roster. This is some place that she's been due to hit long time ago, 
And now that she's up here and now that they have a new faction in the women's division, I'm all in for this. I cannot be more excited about this. Crazy Curtis, what do you think about the returns? I thought it was pretty great. I was scared for our risk because uh, we all thought Sasha Banks was going to come back, so we had to hide. <laughs> yeah, so the dog was in attendance, and if Sasha Banks would have came back, it would have been it would have been a blood. There's been some bloodshed. Yeah, and not not because he hates us, just because he he would have to sacrifice some things to his his lord and savior, Sasha Banks. True, true story. By the true way, true story. So yes, yes, we were just we got lucky there on this one. I agree with you guys. It was great. It was a great way to kick off the show. I think it really sent the message home. You saw a lot of people on Twitter who normally are very critical of the product automatically going, "Oh, wait a minute, this is different. Mm-hmm. This is all right. What are we gonna get?" And we got. I think some pretty good stuff out of the gate. So, hey, we're on this emotional high. Where do we go from there? You know what? We go somewhere where I think a lot of people were misjudging. And the next match on the card was The Miz taking on Logan Paul in his second ever wrestling match. This match got 14 minutes, 15 seconds. At the end of the day, Logan Paul comes up with his first singles victory in World Wrestling Entertainment. The big story, though, is how did he do? We'll start with Ken M. How was The Miz versus Logan Paul? Better than expected. Logan Paul is an athletic freak. And some of the stuff that he was doing for being very, very inexperienced in a wrestling ring, I was extremely impressed with. And he's only going to get better the more times he's in the ring. But for this, realistically, a second outing in the land of pro wrestling, he really stepped his game up. Now, granted, Miz was with him, and that does help a lot when you have somebody that's a very trusted worker with you. But take nothing away from some of the spots that he was doing, from standing moonsaults to the five-star frog splash, from the top rope to the table on the outside, and he landed it flush. Like, the sky is the limit for this guy. Like, say what you will about him, but in the ring, he can go. Crazy Curtis, what are you thinking about this match? Honestly, I thought it was my favorite match of the night. And then, like, Logan Paul just changed everybody's mind. Everybody was like, oh, he's not going to be that good. Then he showed how good he was, like how Bad Bunny showed how good he was, which hopefully at WrestleMania, Bad Bunny, Logan Paul. No, they, I'm, I'm down good, for good that. Prediction. I'm down right. for that. Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm with Ken M. I'm with uh, Crazy Curtis. I love this. I thought it was very good. Was there some small things he could work on? Absolutely. Sure. This is only a second match. But the fact that he has the, uh, the athleticism, the fact that he has down a lot of what he has down, the fact that we saw a very good outing from Logan Paul means the world. I agree. The sky is the limit. I will even dare say if he stays with us long enough, I feel like he's a future WWE champion. Oh, Absolutely. And because the charisma is there, the athleticism is there, he sells well. Mind you, some things can tighten up, obviously, but he's leaps and bounds better than a lot of people. I, I would I would honestly, I said it live, I'll say it here. He's better than Dominic Mysterio already. Yeah. Honestly. I, 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 I'm not mincing words. Honestly, it was great. Also, during this match, I must point out, Ciampa got involved. We all expected maybe a big surprise. We did get a surprise, though, as AJ Styles came out to fight Ciampa off to make the match even to help out with that. So maybe in the future we're going to get AJ Styles and Logan Paul versus Ciampa and Miz. What are your thoughts? I'm, I'm fully down for it. I mean, especially if Logan Paul can work with AJ. I mean, arguably the best wrestler on the planet today that's even more of a benefit to WWE. Yeah, we even got to see a uh, phenomenal forearm yep. from not only just AJ Styles off of the barricade to Ciampa, but a springboard one 
from Logan Paul as well. So it looks like he's been working with the phenomenal one. Uh, are you excited, Crazy Curtis, for a possible tag team match with AJ and Logan versus Miz and Ciampa? Of course. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Man, a few words. I like yeah. it. Uh, let's move on to the next match of the card, the third match of the card, and it was for the WWE United States Championship. Your champion, the almighty Bobby Lashley, goes one-on-one with Mr. Money in the Bank, the most controversial man on the internet. Mm-hmm. Theory, hopefully Austin Theory is coming back. Uh, that was a question the Blue Meanie threw out there, so hopefully that does happen. Uh, so with that being said, though, this match got four minutes and 45 seconds at the end of the day, and still your WWE United States champion, the almighty Bobby Lashley. I'm going to start this one off because obviously we're kind of going to circle. Sure. I thought that this was did, this match did what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. It was high intensity. Lashley looks good. Oh, I noticed this in the ring. I said to you guys this. Lashley is smooth in that ring. Yes. Like, I've, I've noticed that he's gotten better over the years, obviously from his first run in WWE to Impact to now. He's obviously grown and, and, and been loved by everybody. His character since his return to WWE was one of the ones that was most hated and everybody's like, ah, oh, this guy's boring, to now being one of the top guys, in my opinion, I think a lot of people's opinions. And watching him tonight just reaffirm, he is super smooth in the ring. I mean, there was points in this match where it was like flip around, whip around, slam. Yep. Come off the ropes real quick, go for a crossbody, somehow end up in a gorilla press without touching a chest. It was kind of like this really cool, fast, smooth motion clinic for a big man that I enjoyed. Was it a long match? No, but it did what it needed to do. It gave the tease. Uh, theory, theory taps out to the Hurt Locker real quick, kind of saving his energy, you would think. We'll talk about that later. But I thought this was a, a, I thought this was a really serviceable and good storytelling match for what it was. Crazy Curtis, how did you feel about this match? It was a pretty good match. And then also Bobby Lashley went in, so we're getting closer to Gunther versus Bobby Lashley at Survivor Series. There you go. I'm, I'm a fan of that. And, of course, let's go over to Ken M for your thoughts. Now that you put that match in my head, I need to see that. I need to see that ASAP. Lashley is arguably the most improved wrestler, I, th- I would say, in the past two years. That With working with MVP, he's tapped into some charisma that we really haven't seen from him in the ring. And his transitions when he's working with wrestlers such as Theory, like you touched on, is very smooth. It's very flawless. You're really seeing the, the full potential of this guy. And... I think that you can obviously get him in a title picture sooner than later, and if you want to make the mid-titles mean a lot more, hell, him and Gunther at Survivor Series, give it to me. Let's move on to the next match. It was a no-disqualification tag team matchup between the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley in their corner, taking on the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. This match got 11 minutes and 5 seconds at the end of the day. The Mysterios get the win, albeit with some help from the returning rated R superstar, the one and only Edge. That's obviously going to play a factor in this matchup. So, Crazy Curtis, what did you think of this matchup? I thought it was pretty good. And then Edge coming back with a badass entrance, it was awesome. There you go, Ken M. This match was okay for what it needed to do because obviously we knew Edge or somebody was coming back in for this one. So I thought it was a very solid one. I'm kind of curious where Edge is going to get some help to fight the Judgment Day. Uh, I think that maybe we'll start getting some pieces put together on Monday. Absolutely. Uh, I thought this was 
it was a good match. Uh, it was very serviceable. I liked the no DQ portion of this. I liked the fact that Edge came out with a crazy entrance at the end, walked to the ring, and uh, took out Judgment Day and helped the Mysterios win. Definitely builds a storyline. It's kind of weird, though, seeing the Mysterios in the ring with Edge at the end of the day. Yeah, it definitely was, but I I don't think that they're going to be the the team that's working with Edge to take down Judgment Day. I think it's going to be some other superstars coming in. I, I agree with you, but it was just kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it, and it, I liked it, a little bit of retribution also. Badass new t-shirt for Edge. Yes, very much so. <laughs> uh, that was also Dakota Kai, badass t-shirt as well. Mm. The next match on the card was on paper. Probably the worst match on paper. Sure. However, it translated into a pretty fun time. We're talking about now, of course, it was a singles match where Happy Corbin got his hands on Pat McAfee. And this match got 10 minutes and 40 seconds. At the end of the day, Pat McAfee gets another win in World Wrestling Entertainment. By the way, let's let's start off before kicking off the match with the fact that when Pat McAfee came to the ring, <laughs> it... He had a choir yeah. to sing Bum Corbin and got the crowd into it before he even had his entrance. How awesome was it? How awesome was the match? Ken M. Intro was awesome. And Pat McAfee, I tell you what, has won over wrestling fans. He's definitely a student of the game. He knows how to get the crowd involved. And getting that live choir to sing Bum Ass Corbin was amazing. So then we get to the match, and the match was okay. Like, we knew this was going to be probably the worst match of the night, but we have to keep in retrospect. Pat McAfee is a part-time wrestler. Absolutely. At, at best. Yeah, Very, at, at serious best. At serious best. Happy Corbin is one of the most solid workers on the roster. He has kind of filled in that Kane role. That in, a lot of, in a lot of aspects, yes. So he couldn't be in better hands. I think McAfee was kind of pressuring himself because there was a couple top rope spots that he wasn't as flush as we have seen him in the past. Well, he almost went RIP on one of the spots. Right. He did catch and still and make a, a great Swan Tony Bambino, yeah. as he would call it. So I think it was just a matter for him to really kind of focus. But like once they settled in and got to the end of the match, they were okay. Crazy Curtis, what did you think about McAfee versus Corbin? The match wasn't bad. It could have been better, though. That's true. Uh, like I said, I, I'm going to go with Ken M on this mostly. I, I even agree with you to extent. And the match was serviceable. Yeah. It was a decent match. It was what it was. But the entertainment value of this match was really what put it I was over. through the roof. I mean, let's be honest. Not only did we have great in-ring stuff, but we had great commentating by the commentators at ringside. Uh, because at this point in juncture, we have Michael Cole and Corey Graves, the A squad, if you will, as, as they call themselves. Although I would say that Michael Cole and Pat McAfee is the current A squad in WWE. Facts. But obviously with McAfee in the ring, changes a lot. Oh, excuse me. But I just thought it was super telling. They went back and forth, of course, and it was good because you had on one side, Corey Graves selling the fact that he's Baron Corbin's friend. Mm -hmm. He's rooting for Baron Corbin. And then on the other side, you had Michael Cole, who's Pat McAfee's friend, and he's rooting for Pat McAfee. And they are—they told you up front, we're going to be biased. Yeah. And it led to some really good back and forth, really good storytelling from them. Mm -hmm. They really were playing off of each other. And the fun part, the line that probably got overlooked by a lot of people, is at one point in juncture, Corey Graves goes, to, goes and says, I liked you better when you weren't allowed to have an opinion. To which Michael Cole responds, that has changed. A lot has changed. So they kind of played off the fact that, hey, there's nobody in the earpiece anymore. There's nobody to, you know, 
you know, tell me what I can and can't say. And you could definitely tell that. And when left to their own devices, Corey Graves and Michael Cole are very good at commentating. And we got reminded of that tonight. So I think that was one of the better parts of this match is we got some great storytelling and some great uh, and great commentary from Corey Graves and Michael Cole. And all night long, they were doing a good job. But in this match, it shined. And it was kind of nice to see that with the restrictions off, <laughs> mm-hmm. where we can go. And the same part with the match was fun. Once again, not a great match. Average at best. But the entertainment value, the cool shit that happens during it, I applaud them for it. They entertain me. And at the end of the day, that's really all we can ask, you know, is to be entertained. I think as wrestling fans, sometimes we forget that we're supposed to be entertained. Right. Next up, we had for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, defending their titles against the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. And, of course, this match had J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E-double-D as your special guest referee. Before we go further, I will have to say also, Michael Cole mentions during this match that this is a huge weekend for Jeff Jarrett starting tonight at SummerSlam, of course, alluding to the fact, they don't actually come out and say it, but they alluded to the fact that he has a big weekend, which, of course, as we all know, as we're recording later today, because technically it is after midnight, we have Ric Flair's last match, which he is in. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of a cool alluding. However, that's not the important piece here. Ken M., how did you feel? Oh, by the way, I didn't say it. 13 minutes and 25 seconds. Your winners and still the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champions of the World, the Usos. How did you feel about this match, Ken M? Well, you know, the match, you knew with both these teams, I mean, they have the fantastic chemistry with each other, so it's not like they were going to put on a bad match in any way, shape, or form. This was not as good as the Money in the Bank match, I will say that. But it did tell a good story. I The only thing I'm kind of curious at, though, is the ending. And this is when Montez Ford hits that frog splash, and he sells the injury a little too long, and thus he can't get the pin where he's usually able to finish somebody off. And I know it's kind of alluded to a lot online a little bit. Is this where we're going to start seeing the tease of the breakup, that his frustration is going to cause everything to break? I kind of hope it does not, but I could see it doing that as well. I could agree with that. So, Crazy Curse, how do you feel about the tag team championship match? The match was pretty good. I was I, I expected uh, Jeff Jarrett to get like kicked or like attacked or fall down or something and have another ref come in. Or Jeff Jarrett like pulling out a guitar and hitting like J.O.S. in the head. Yeah, but he didn't. So... It was kind of cool. Call it right down the middle. Uh, I agree. This was a really good tag team match. I don't think this was better than their last tag team match nope. on pay-per-view, but it was still very good mm-hmm. and serviceable. Uh, it did tell a good story. I, I like you, hope that the Street Fighters stay a tag team for a little longer. However, if that's not, both of them are looking awful good in the ring, so I think it's going to be great to see them go on to do big things. With that being said, I also think that uh, the Usos, man, I heard oh. somebody online say they're overrated. I don't think the Usos are overrated, my you got, guy. you got to get your pulse checked if you think they're overrated. They, they are literally in that top talk of best tag team on the planet right now. I agree with that, 100%. I think if you put them in there with any of your favorite tag teams, even if they're not one of yours, you'll see a great match. Mm. And that is that is a sign of a great tag team, yeah. in my opinion. Probably also in yours and Crazy oh, absolutely. Curses. Uh, so with that being said, let's move on. Uh, I can't remember if it was this or after this, but we're going to talk about it now because I just have to get out of the way. Next, Riddle hits the ring. <laughs> And he comes into the ring, looking worse for wear. Security and the doctors are like, hey, hey, no, can't be in there. He alludes to the fact that, hey, I'm not medically cleared. 
But you know what? My good friend Randy Orton would tell me to stick up for what I believe in. So Seth Rollins, get your ass down here right now because I came here to beat your ass. This brings out Seth Rollins, who, of course, is at first eating this up, which mm. is great. By the way, how great was his outfit tonight? Oh, my God, the orange see-through. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he takes off on a dead sprint in dress shoes. Riddle meets him in the aisle. These two start brawling, ends up in the ring, and then we get another curb stomp from Seth Rollins in that maniacal laughter and excitement that he now has put down Riddle once again. It already injured Riddle. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a good little piece to kind of added in. We were all hoping that Seth Rollins was going to get a match with somebody returning, but I like the fact that they still included him. We still are moving this forward. Uh, I hear a lot of rumors say that at the castle, we are going to clash at the castle. We are going to see Riddle versus uh, Seth. Seth Rollins because allegedly Triple H wants to build this story a little more, which would be nice to see a little more fleshed out story. How'd you feel about Seth Rollins being there? Ken M, I'll start with you. Well, I think they kind of played into the internet uh, talk of Seth complaining that he was off the card. People wanted to see him and Triple H made that comment of like, I hear you. So I think this was just a nice little filler piece to set up for something later. Obviously, you know, Seth is a Triple H guy and they're very high on Riddle too. So if they want to extend the storyline a little bit, sure. Absolutely. Crazy Curse, how'd you feel about this little intro, if you will? I feel like it was pretty cool seeing Seth like dance on his way out of here, doing yeah. his usual stuff, and then just bowling. I got to say, super entertaining. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on to the next match on the evening because we only got two left. And next up was the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship match. Your champion, Liv Morgan, taking on former champion Ronda Rousey. This match got four minutes and 35 seconds. And it was a one-sided Ronda Rousey, rip your fucking shoulder out type of affair. However, I know some people out there didn't like it, but the majority seemed to, and, and I count me amongst them, and we'll talk to you guys, the finish of this match. The finish of this match, I thought was great because Ronda Rousey gets her back in the arm bar after the refs, almost, uh, the refs and doctors almost stop it. She's in the arm bar. She's got her upside down. Well, she has her upside down. Her shoulders are now on the mat. The referee sees this. He goes down to count. One, two, three, Liv Morgan, and still your WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. But, oh, wait. After the match, Ronda Rousey says, wait a minute. No, no, no. She tapped out. She tapped out. How, how did she win? She tapped out. And upon reviewing, which I thought was great, the first angle we see is what the ref saw. She sees the shoulders down. He's looking at the shoulders. One, two, three. Of course, she's down. Mm-hmm. Then they change the angle. Yeah. And as we see, ref goes down, one, two, about two and a half, Liv Morgan taps out on the leg of Ronda Rousey. But the three count happens, referee's decision is final, so, and still, the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion is, is Liv Morgan. After the match, Ronda goes full-on pissed, beats the hell out of Liv Morgan, referee tries to stop it, she flips the referee, starts beating him, I'm pretty sure that's going to lead to a suspension or massive fine. But either way, pretty awesome. I thought it was a pretty entertaining thing. It wasn't a great match, but it did what, and in my opinion, it did what it needed to do. What it needed to do is we all knew Liv Morgan had no business, no business being in the ring with one of the baddest women on the planet. I mean, if we're talking about real MMA fighting or any kind of real life fighting, Liv Morgan probably doesn't stand a chance with Ronda Rousey for more than 10 seconds. Mm. However, this is pro wrestling. But we're going to bring some reality into this. So it should have been one-sided. And the fact that she squeaked out with yet another squeaked-out victory just proves that, you know, hey, the underdog wins. Ronda wasn't, wasn't, Ronda in a lot of ways wasn't smart enough 
to let go of the hold. But at the same time, she now has an argument that she tapped out. So it's, it goes both ways. We could continue said feud on, but with also at the same time, we got some closure and we got a victory for, for Liv Morgan. So if you believe Morgan wants to say, hey, I'm not wrestling you again. I beat you. You have to earn the spot. We're in perfect situation for that. Crazy Curtis, what did you think about the match? I thought it was very clever that, like, how they did that, how she pinned her, and then the ref was looking, tapped out, and then still, to, still retained. There you go. Ken M. They set this up perfectly. Liv is the ultimate underdog. That She has now won the WWE Universe over. That this is, I, I, didn't, I don't want to say homegrown talent, but this is one that fans have been rallying around her since she came up from NXT. They've been with her with the Riot Squad. She's now is finally champion after so many tries. To have her just get squashed by Ronda, who WWE loves to book. No, it doesn't matter if it's Vince or Triple H. They love to book her, and rightfully so, as the female division's Brock Lesnar, the unstoppable force. So now having her go heel is a perfect way to get her back on that track that you want her to be unstoppable just tearing through everybody. Liv should not stand a chance there but in, in like a real-life fight. But for what we need for wrestling, it told the perfect story that, yeah, she did outsmart Ronda and pin her, but she also lost because she tapped. So now that adds another element to that story. I agree. Very good storytelling. I can't wait to see more. Mm-hmm. That brings us to the main event of the evening for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. In a last man standing match, your champion, the big dog, the tribal chief, the man who is should be acknowledged at all times, Roman Reigns, defends against probably arguably his toughest challenger and a man who knows him very well. Of course, that would be none other than the beast, Barack Lesnar. This match got 23 minutes. At the end of the day, and still your WWE Undisputed Universal Champion, the big dog, Roman Reigns. Ken M, how are you feeling about the last man standing match in the main event? It was absolute carnage, and I was here for it. It really made no sense, but let's face it. A last man standing match, you want to do something wild, you want to do something crazy. When Brock came out with the tractor, it was like, okay, well, you know... Let's see where this goes because I thought they were going to imitate halftime heat again, and this is how somebody's going to get pinned with you know the underneath, hall the underneath the bucket. Yeah, underneath the the trench there. So that being said, this did what it needed to do. Brock took an ass whooping. The only thing I will say I didn't like about the match is when the Usos and Roman and well, no, Paul was knocked out by this point. I'll start throwing crap on top of him. The referee was still counting. Well, he's getting stuff thrown on top of him. Yeah, so that was a little puzzling to see, but everything else played right into it. It was a fresh take on probably their last match for the foreseeable future, so I'm I'm all right with this. I mean, I I just got to throw it out there before I turn it over to Crazy Curtis. It's probably the first time we've ever seen a front loader lift up a wrestling ring. Yes. (laughs) By the way, the people on the other side of that wrestling ring must have been pissed. Oh, God, They weren't seeing shit. Uh, Crazy Curtis, how do you feel about the main event? I thought it was it was uh, it was not bad for like a last man standing match. It was different with the front loader lifting the ring. I've never seen that before. And then after the match, uh, Brock Lesnar got in the ring and just was sitting in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the tilted up ring. Yep. <laughs> Reasons. Well, uh, my 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 take on this match 
I like the match itself. It was it was it was what you wanted to be. It was carnage. Uh, it was cool to see a front loader. We at one point in structure saw Roman Reigns get loaded <laughs> into the front lo- loader, lifted in the air, and dumped into the ring. Uh, like I said, we saw the ring get tilted up by a front loader. Uh, you yeah, at one point theory attempts to cash in. <laughs> yeah, forgets the Brock uh, cranks uh, Roman Reigns in the head, but then forgets the Brock Lesnar's in the match, so he gets an F five onto the briefcase for his troubles. Uh, and he never really becomes a factor after that. Uh, although uh, Roman going ballistic and beating the shit out of Theory and then Brock Lesnar with said briefcase until it was dented into a million pieces. Um, bravo. Yes. My problem really does come at the end. And and I'm with you on this. It's not that I hated the finish because, you know, we had to get there. But usually the rules of the match are until, like, earlier in the match we saw it to perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point in juncture, Brock Lesnar has a front choke on Roman. The referee says, hey, hey, he's out. I can't start the count until you let him go. Yeah. The rule in the match has always been you have to step away. You cannot have offensive moves while we count. Meanwhile, the finish of this match is them just dumping everything they can on him while the referee is still counting. Because by the time Roman stands on the the pile, the referee hits 10. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, shouldn't it be... Not counted until after they're done. You would think, but I, I almost wonder if they just kind of went like press for time and maybe somebody missed their cue, like to stop doing it. Maybe, and that's that's the only thing I could come maybe. up with. But I mean, like I say, it's just it's, not enough to make me hate it. Right? But it was it was it was serviceable. I thought it was good. Yeah, it did it did the job it needed to because we got to get it to you know Roman to face Drew at the the, the castle. Overall, I can say that I think we all found this very entertaining. Mm-hmm. This was a, in my opinion, this was a good, solid win for WWE in a pay per view. Uh, it's been a while since we've really gotten a, a, a top to bottom win for a WWE pay per view. Yeah, I don't really think there was any bad matches per se. There was matches that were better than others. There was matches that could have been better. There was some things that could have happened differently that would have made things better. However, I think overall, you have to say everything was. Just, average so good to to like great like the bottom portion of great i don't think there was anything i don't think there was any five-star matches on this card there might have been a four-star match there might have been some three you know and a half to 3.75 i I, i'm not gonna i don't do star ratings right like i can just go by entertainment i don't think that there was a five-star match on this card though but when you have nothing that's below a two and a half yeah (laughs) and, and even if nothing goes above a four that's still like overall because you know you have a lot of shows now that might have five you know one five star match one four and a half star match but then you look at them and they have a two star match and they have a one star match and they have so it's kind of like eh. and this show was and it was entertaining and it told a story and we got a lot of stuff we got some cool uh, returns that we didn't see you know think we were gonna get Triple H said hi hey, we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. So I think that that means in the future we're going to get even more. I like how they didn't blow their load completely yep. at SummerSlam. Slow rolling it out, but it proves that, hey, we're going to reach out to people and people you thought weren't going to come back may be coming back. With that being said, let's go around and give our great score for WWE SummerSlam 2022. We'll start with our guest, Crazy Motherfucking Curtis. What was your final score for SummerSlam 2022 and why? I, I would give it a B plus. B plus, okay. Why? Why did you give it a B plus? It wasn't like a. It was like a pretty good show for like WWE for for a while. Like usually WWE pay per views are like C's, but like this is a step up. There's there are better matches going on, better stories keep getting told. 
school. Ken M, what was your final score for WWE SummerSlam 2022? D minus long live AEW. No, no, no. Is that, by the way, is that what your drop told you for your D, for, for your AEW drop? Was yeah. that the directive? Did, did Tony Khan directive say, hey, uh, make sure you take a shot at WWE before telling them that on Dynamite we got Matt Hardy? Yeah, you know, I got to rep the brand. No, you know, to be all honest, in all honesty, no, this was a this was a solid B show. This definitely hit the marks where it needed to because this was one that fans that have not watched the product in many years for various reasons, Vince, other issues. This is one that I think showed those casual fans, as we can just call them now, WWE has taken steps to get back to where everybody on the internet loved it, and that is the Triple H black and gold style of wrestling. This had great stories that were told in it. The matches were solid. There wasn't anything that was really a uh, you know a five star match like you touched upon. Probably the closest in my book is Becky and uh, Bianca. That that was probably that. that's, that's your match of the night. But it gave enough excitement to energize a fan base from the debuts, from the suspense of the storylines, showing something different that it wasn't the same old shit that we're so used to. This really was a great temp pace car to where we're going with the Triple H regime, and I'm here for it. Uh, I'm going to agree with both of you. I give it a B plus. It wasn't quite an A for me or an A minus even. Uh, very serviceable, very entertaining. The reason why it was there, like I said, there was nothing that stuck out to me as being like a five-star match, if you will. Mm-hmm. However, when you have everything is above average, a two and a half or better, which would be a two and a half is a middle, an average. So if everything's two and a half or better, plus you add into it entertaining storylines, plus you add into that, uh, some more stories going forward. It wasn't just the finish of stories. It was the start of some. Uh, we're getting to see a little bit of where they're going. I think that when you add all of that in, it led to a very entertaining night. Once again, when have we seen in a little while a front loader yeah. <laughs> coming to, the w- uh, to a WWE ring? We, you know, all of the things that happened felt like, hey, this cloud that was over this company for a while is starting to disperse. And you're going to start to see that there's changes. So the, for the people out there, the doom prophets that said, oh, oh nothing's going to change. I, I think you're wrong. Yeah. And I think that tonight was that first morning shot. I mean, let's be honest. There was people on Twitter that we know that are super pro AEW, not shitting on them. Mm-hmm. They were in that usually love, love their opportunity to take a shot at WWE. And all of them were like, hey, this show's good. Yeah. I mean, there were still some people. There was a couple of we but see I saw you. a lot of people that were very honest and going, hey, wow, this show is really good. I tuned in because the Triple H regime. And guess what? Did it change 100%? No. But they're slow rolling the change out. Mm-hmm. We saw some changes tonight. It was hmm, good night. Good night. Entertaining night. I'm happy that I watched. And you, you heard that time and time again from a lot of people who have not been in love with the product. So when you're convincing people who have not been in love with the product that, hey, it was a pretty decent nice night of wrestling, that should tell you something. Yeah. And I think that that's you know, also telling... Let's be honest, Tony Khan, no tweets. Yeah. <laughs> Usually during a WWE pay-per-view, we see a lot of tweets from Tony Khan. And this isn't like any shots, but it's true. Yeah, no. Even during WrestleMania, there was nothing. There was a ton, ton of Tony And tonight, none. Very, very really quiet weird. on that end. It was very weird. I, I'm kind of whatever. But we'll save that for 607 TWS because there's mm-hmm. some stuff with that. But I think that's just kind of weird that we didn't see any. Yeah. Although it was announced by AEW tonight that we were going to get Matt Hardy versus Christian on this upcoming Dynamite. Yeah, I just got the press thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a press release for that even. Damn, they're pretty good. They're pretty good about press releases for that match. Man, that match was a barn burner back in 97. 
<laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that shot, the shots were fired there. Cause come on guys, we got to do better than that over there. AEW, give me a little better than fucking Christian versus Matt Hardy. I need a little more. Okay. Anyways. And it wasn't 97 for somebody at home. It was 99, 2000, but whatever. I know. I know. I just wanted to make a joke. Can we be fun? Let's make wrestling fun again. I'm down for that. I like that. And once again, we are the podcast that calls it right down the middle. So I think if anybody's going to bring fun back to wrestling, it's us. That is true. With that being said, though, overall, I give a win and a thumbs up to WWE tonight. Hopefully, hopefully cross our fingers. This is leading to better things with World Wrestling Entertainment because I feel this way. When everybody's firing on all cylinders, when there is true competition, when everything is good, that is the best wrestling, and that is a win for all of us fans. No matter where you fall on the spectrum, if you are an a, a diehard AEW fan, you need to have WWE be good because you know why? That pushes AEW to be better. If you are a diehard WWE fan, you should hope that AEW is the best it can be because that makes WWE better. And it goes for every other thing because when, when the big companies are good, that means the indie companies are good. The big, the smaller than the, the mainstream, smaller companies are, everything is good. And right now we are in a boom for wrestling and it is about damn time mm-hmm. that the machine, if you will, tunes back in, gets their part in there. So therefore everybody else can up because whether we like it or not, that machine drives casual fans and those casual fans. Yeah. Some of them will never waver from WWE. Those are the WWE universe guys, Mm -hmm. but some of those casual fans go, Hey, this reminds me why I love wrestling. Now I'm going to check out IWTV. Now I'm going to check out AEW. Now I'm going to check out new Japan. That does happen. So when wrestling is healthy, when wrestling is fun, when wrestling is entertaining and firing all cylinders, especially in the bigger companies, it filters down to everything. So as a wrestling fan, I'm to the moon that this first of the McMahon Helmsley slash McMahon Levesque era, whatever you want to call it, whether you want to use real names or work names. I think this was a success for them. And hopefully it means bigger things to come. Once again, (laughs) I'm not going to get all my my eggs in one basket for hope because as we know, that could change. Uh, Any closing uh, statements about WWE and SummerSlam before we go? Ken M. The Vince era is over. The Triple H regime is now fully in charge, so it is an exciting time to check out WWE programming, and like you touched upon as well, this is a great time to get back into wrestling because when the machine is rolling, it's up to everybody on the indies to step their game up because competition drives them. And if you didn't think that when Tony Khan and company were taking shots, they didn't throw in a little extra spark in the fire at Triple H, you're sadly mistaken. We're about to walk into one of the more interesting times in pro wrestling because now with Triple H wanting to set that example quickly, hitting the ground running, the rest of this year is going to become must-watch TV. So get on board and get excited. Absolutely. Now, before we go, let's uh, get some outplugs. Uh, starting with Crazy Curtis. How do people get a hold of you, Crazy Curtis? Uh, you can go on Twitter at CrazyCurtisGM1. There you go. Uh, Ken M, tell them how to find you in the ODPH. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media accounts. New blogs count anywhere is out with under the Parlay Points uh, blog section. You definitely want to go check that out. T Public Store sale is wrapping up as we're recording. So if you're live, you can do it. If not, swing on over there and get some swag and, you know, interact with us is there. Everything and anything that is the ODPH can be found at ODPHpodcast.com. 3FNpodcast.com for all information about the 3FN podcast and more. Uh, 
uh, go ahead and visit that. We have our uh, our uh, Patreon is up on there as well. So is the public store. The links to those. Make sure you're following that and everything else. Like I said, all the social media is there. So it's a one-stop shop. 3FNpodcast.com. With that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you are tuning in live or tuning in on podcast form or the replay of our 607 TWS after show of SummerSlam 2022. We are going to leave you like we leave you each and every week on the 607 TWS show with our good friend Second Suitor. The song is called One Winged Angel. Make sure you're supporting them on YouTube Music, Bandcamp, and Spotify. Most importantly, on Bandcamp currently because there is a new song. Like we said, we played it in the beginning of the show. It's called Sometimes, so you're going to want to check that out. And there's more new music probably on the horizon from our good friend Second Suitor. Go ahead, Ken. Because on August 12th, not only is Super Slam 2 taking place at the X in the Oakdale Mall if you're living in the 607, but that is when the new album is dropping. So it's going to be a big second suitor day. So you definitely want to go check them out and go support the hell out of them. Absolutely. And with that being said, thank you for tuning in wherever you tuned in. We will be back in podcast form, by the way. Just throwing that out there. We'll talk about it more on the podcast this week. Talking all things pro wrestling on Monday. Until then, for myself, for Crazy Curtis Gaming, for Ken M. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, wrestling fans! Top ropes, one, two.